Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. E-S-N-Y. Hello, everybody, and welcome into a new episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy and our special guest for this episode. Again, the only way to introduce you is clearly the brains behind Nick Film School, Andrew Claudio. Andrew, thank you for joining us again today. Guys, thank you for having me on. Uh, I will accept that designation, the brains <laughs> behind Nick's Film School. I'm definitely not the face. The <laughs> gorgeous mugs of John Macri and Jeremy Cohen obviously take the reins there, so I'm happy to be uh, the behind-the-scenes mastermind, even though that's not exactly what you said. That's what you implied, which I'll take. That's what I was going for, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but not only are you killing it with Nick Film School, uh, you started the new podcast, uh, the final review, uh, and a couple episodes out already. I, mm-hmm. I, I have not got a chance yet to listen. And, uh, you know, I, I've been looking now, looking through, and I've seen you, know, you were talking about The Dark Knight, one of my favorite movies. So I'm definitely going to go check that out. But tell us a little bit more about this podcast. What, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's behind it? What, what, what should fans and, and listeners expect to hear from this, this new podcast? Well, two things. First of all, um, the first episode we did was The Social Network, the 2010 classic from David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin. And it's why, Matt, I need to correct you. The key scene in The Social Network is when Justin Timberlake says, drop the the. Just I knew you were going to do that. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not the final review. It's just final <laughs> review. It's cleaner, you know, in the words of uh, Sean Parker. Um, <laughs> the idea behind the show is that we're going through the Hall of Fame of movies, the greatest movies of all time under three different categories, critically, financially, and uh, acclaimed. So you have to have at least uh, be certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. You have to be um, have grossed at least $100 million at the box office domestically. And you have to have been nominated for an Academy Award. You need to hit two of those checkpoints okay. in order to qualify for a final review. And we're discussing, basically, we're trying to find a numeric value on greatness. So I'll do an example for, for you guys real quick. Uh, Matt, name it a movie you consider an all-time great that might meet those, those uh, qualifications. Yeah, putting me on the spot here. I'm literally saying any movie. Like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, gosh. I mean... Okay, one of your favorite movies of all time. I get how this is going to be on this podcast. I mean, it. I don't know Name if it a great That's a really category. hard question, your favorite movie. Uh-huh. Name a great movie, then. 
I mean, I don't know if it fits in that category, but I'm, I mean, like I'm a big Adam Sandler guy and happy Gilmore is one of those movies I can watch all the time. Okay. So I'll start there. Is that, if that falls in that category, I don't know. It's interesting. Oz and I were talking cause we're like trying, we have the schedule planned very far in advance. And ironically, we don't have a Sandler movie on there, wow. which is unfortunate. But if you look at his, he's someone that's been generally panned by critics and has never been invited to the Oscars. So it's tough to find a Sandler movie, which is kind of depressing that I may never get to talk about Adam Sandler <laughs> on the pod. But we'll go with Happy Gilmore for now. Chip, name a great movie that you love. Any great movie. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Now, yeah. how in the world would we compare Goodfellas to Happy Gilmore? There's like art is subjective. These are two different genres. These may be considered both all-time greats, but there's no way to actually tell. Like Your opinions might be different than my opinions. Your opinions together might be different but what we've come up with is a system a formula that actually gives you a numeric value based off of a bunch of top five lists so for happy gilmore um we do 10 different top five lists for the movie so is happy gilmore a top five comedy is happy gilmore a top five adam sandler movie is happy gilmore a top five 90s movie uh is happy gilmore a top five movie the year it came out is happy gilmore a top five golf movie and so on and so forth and we highlight some areas that the movie is strong. We point out some areas where the movie is lacking or, or some nitpicks here and there. And we come up with a score at the end of the list of, of categories. So out of 50. And then your percentage is where the movie falls in that Hall of Fame of movies. So say Happy Gilmore comes up with. Uh, a, a 30 out of 50. So that means it's in the 60th percentile all time. Goodfellas, spoiler alert, a movie we're doing in a couple weeks. Um, a movie that may be higher on the list and may get a 40 out of 50. So it's in the 80th percentile of the Hall of Fame of movies. And the, the key thing that I want to emphasize is like, if you heard the Dark Knight episode, which I think is now a segue for whatever Chip wants to say, um, <laughs> I'm just getting, no, no, I, we need, I'm giving you the floor if you'd like to give me some feedback, believe me. Um, Oz and I greatly disagree on the Dark Knight. I think it's an all-time great. And if you heard the episode, he has a bit more of a, a higher standard for his movies than, than I do. And as a result, you know, his where the Dark Knight falls on his pantheon is much lower when it is on mine. We want all of you playing at home to also come up with your own top five list. To as you're going, like, oh, what is my top five Christopher Nolan movie? What is my top five Christian Bale movie? And it it emphasizes the point that art is subjective and everybody's tastes are different, while also giving everybody a formula to quantify what greatness actually looks like. That is the point and the thought behind Final Review. New episodes every Thursday. I like it. Thank like, you. Like that, that's got me pumped up to start listening. There you go. Oh my gosh. Now, are you a fan of The Dark Knight? I love The Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay. It's one of just, my favorites. That Keep that same energy of being pumped up when you go into the episode is all I'll say. Chip, your tweet had me dying today. Chip, <laughs> Chip was like, I, The Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies of all time. Despite everything that happens in this episode, I highly recommend this podcast. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that 100%. Uh -huh. I love Andrew. You're great. And I mm -hmm. still love the, pod, the podcast. And I think I DM'd you after the first episode. I you did. I've never really uh, 
uh, watched a lot of Aaron Sorkin stuff except for like Moneyball and I never really got into even like the West Wing, but I'm probably going to go back and watch the social network after listening to that. Mm. I never watched that. I've never, I've never seen that before, um, actually. It's, yeah, one of, I'm, it's obviously yeah. one of my all-time faves. Yeah, so. the way you guys talk about it makes me want to go back and watch it, to be honest. Mm. So that's how wow. good that podcast was. Well, but, thank you. Yeah, it was great. But, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, no, but the Dark Knight episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, again, you talked about making want, people want to have discussions. I was having discussions with myself on <laughs> That's usually what makes yeah. it so good when you're uh-huh. listening to something and you're sitting there talking to yourself like, no, no. Or, yeah. you know, it, it, like that's how you know it's good. When on my lunch. Yeah. On my lunch break, like a crazy person, like, what is he talking not about? Crazy, Chip. <laughs> you're not crazy, Chip. That's normal. What's happening? There's five DC movies better than The Dark yeah. Knight. That's yeah. where he lost me. I will say that. <laughs> that's where he lost me a little bit. However, I like I do understand his point and i think what we both can't like oz my co-host i should say bernardo zrowski who is a lawyer by trade but a film critic by hobby and has a film catalog that is unprecedented his like in my research for these episodes i rewatch a lot of movies and a lot of it is going to oz's voodoo account which has over 6700 movies in it and it's like, oh, I need to watch all of the Christian Bale movies. Great. Oz has all of them available. Um, his Criterion collection is vast. His taste in movies is a little more particular than the common man, which is why the yin and yang of both of us makes sense. And he tends to think The Dark Knight is one of the more overrated movies of all time. Just a heads up for you, Matt, going into the episode. However, the one thing that's, that's unimpeachable is Heath Ledger, which I think we appropriately celebrated. And I, I honestly agree with him on the fact that the rest of the stuff in the movie outside of Ledger can be a little bit superhero BS at okay. times. So it's where he emphasizes the superhero BS ruining the movie that I disagree. And it's where, like, I, I, I can't, like, agree that Hellboy 2 is better oh than The Dark God. Knight, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I did wonder while real quick, I just I did wonder while we were recording how many people would end up with Chip's reaction. It's like, all right, so you're I, you're really going in on it this time. I was I like, am, whoa, did he just say Hellboy two? Uh-huh. He's saying Michael Bay and Hellboy two, and what's what's happening right now? Not yeah. that I care too much about Christopher Nolan. I I don't have an emotional attachment to him as much as I do that particular movie. That it meant a lot to me seeing that movie. Yet, like I. Batman's very important to me. I love the character. I love that movie. That movie came out when I was a freshman in college. I was going through a lot of shit in my mm-hmm. life, and that movie was great. I love seeing that movie. I saw it in IMAX. He mm-hmm. obviously, it, it was great. It was one of the only movies I've ever seen in IMAX. It was just so much fun to watch that movie. And you're right about one thing. Heath Ledger stands above everything else in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you guys talked about the the make. I was hoping you guys would do an impression of Christian Bale's Batman voice. I was really so. <laughs> Oz was on one. So again, he he has this rant about Christian Bale, and while oh, that I, I tend- didn't agree when he insulted yeah. the fighter too, I was like, "What are you doing?" What, so that's, that's where again, I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> to, With the opening allowed- scene when he's running down the street and he's uh-huh. talking to everyone who from the neighborhood and they're all greeting him. I love that scene. 
again, it was my, it was on yeah. my list. So <laughs> you're preaching to the Sorry, I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing no, I, with you. I agree. This is feedback <laughs> that I love. This is the discourse that we wanted the show to cause. Um, when he went off on the rant, I had like some bail voices in the, in the chamber. Then I found out how he feels about Christian Bale. Um, look, this is where your tastes can be different. And you, I'm now people should be intrigued to find out what movies will make the top of Oz's pantheon, which, you know, going forward, like I want to see that for sure. We are, yeah. Next week, there should, there should be a movie you hear next week. I won't spoil it, but if you listen to the episode, the thing we've teased at the end of every episode of final review, we play the score of the movie you're going to hear the following week. So it's a tease. And then if you haven't listened by Monday, we just release a trailer on our Twitter account. Um, the next week's movie was Oz's personal, like, I want this in the first five movies we do. So I'm pretty sure you'll get to hear him wax poetic about a movie next week. And maybe I'll go rogue and just, actually, it's not that good. This is hokey. This is stupid. (laughs) This is one of the most overrated actors. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go full Oz and have a heel turn that makes me criticize a mostly beloved character, you know? Um, But yes, I, I'm, I'm glad that you had a reaction to the podcast the way you I did, I had a Chip. strong reaction. Very strong mm-hmm. reaction. I was, I've never heard – is that like a, a – I've never heard anyone talk about The Dark Knight like that. Well, ever. that's the thing is that I only – and it kind of led to the partnership with Oz and I is I have put – obviously, as you heard on the pod, I have put superhero movies ahead of The Dark Knight in the past. Mm-hmm. And then I've rewatched The Dark Knight. Like, that's stupid. This, this is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever. I can't – Real, like there is some superhero bullshit I have to. Oh, well, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to curse on here, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Um, there is some superhero bullshit that you have to mm-hmm. accept and be like, this isn't. This is make believe. But as an action movie, it's up there with Heat and you know Die Hard and add in the bet like add in the Batman part of it to make it uh, genre and niche-ish, niche-ish. Um, and then you add in the Heath Ledger performance to make it prestigious. Um, and all those make a soup that puts it in like the top 30 percentile of all time great movies. However, like Oz, just he likes the smaller performances. He likes the more human stories that don't have Batman and like a plot at the end that requires a boat of prisoners and a boat of civilians deciding who to blow up, you know, and he's much more like his. There's a movie called Once that came out in 2007. That's just this very small um, first-person camera, uh, st- like, like very small story of a couple that just meets, and it's it's uh, very personal. Like his favorite trilogy is the Before trilogy by Richard Linklater. That I think is is like his taste in movies, which I think will end up being something that is a theme on the show. That the less big the performance is, the more the more he enjoys it, the more subtlety that he appreciates, you know? Okay. Well, I'm again, it's, it's the taste part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I definitely can't wait to go back and listen to this because mm-hmm. I'm hearing little things and it's kind uh-huh. of making me think, like, what the heck is being said? Uh-huh. What, what, you know? <laughs> and I, what I'm gathering a little bit, and the reason why I have The Dark Knight, you know, as one of my big movies, again, as you guys touched on, is the Heath Ledger performance. To me, 
I think that's one of the most fine. This is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most fine acting jobs that I've seen in any movie. I mean, he plays a role that you legit there's a you you think there's a psycho out there in the world that's like that. That's how convincing he was. Like it was that real. It was unbelievable. Uh, and what a talented actor Heath Ledger is because he, he he can do it just about any role. But to me, that's why it's so high. It's just I, I didn't even focus on that. There's a lot of things like you guys say, like. Christopher, I mean, not Christopher, no one. Um, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a good Bruce Wayne, but his Batman voice scares the living crap out of me. Like, it just <laughs> sounds creepy. It sounds like a trench coat guy. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not no, wearing weird. hockey pads. Will yeah. Always be funny. <laughs> it's it's, it's really, really weird. So, I mean, like, I don't even really think about that kind of stuff just because how good Heath Ledger was as a Joker. Uh, so what are your what are you guys top five superhero movies then oh man see my list is probably gonna suck because i'll be honest i'm not a big superhero guy okay i'm I'm really not um like i haven't watched any of the new spider-man movies okay since that are you into the mcu no no wow okay i haven't seen the avengers let me go to i'll I'll give you a list and i'll give chip a list so how about instead what are your top five Christopher, have you seen all the Christopher Nolan movies? I've seen all, I've seen a good bit of Christopher Nolan movies. But so, what are your top five Nolan movies? Now I got to think of them. Okay, Chip, do you have made... your superhero movies ready? Uh, Dark Knight one. You, say, Chip, you, I'm gonna you let you go first. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna think about this. When I say think about it, I'm gonna make sure these movies are Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I know. I know. Logan it's like, is a, he, he, Logan's a superhero movie. We're counting Logan. Uh-huh. Right? I think yes. Logan might be two for me. Okay. Uh, I want to. Mm. Mm. It's good questions. God damn, this is good podcasting. Just waiting and yeah, just waiting. Right yeah. So like, <laughs> all, you, have, I've, you haven't said an MCU movie yet. You have the entire I know Spider, pre uh, Raimi Spider Man's. You have Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Incredibles is technically a superhero movie. Oh, Incredibles. Yeah. I haven't seen that in like 20 years either. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll spoil my list for the pod because it's at the very end. But my top five superhero movies, Dark Knight's my number two behind the noir version of Logan. The black and white version of Logan to me is a perfect movie. Um, then the Dark Knight 2, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is three. The Incredibles is four. And then... I have Infinity War Endgame as one movie, and I have it as my number five. Because if Tarantino can do it, so can I. So. <laughs> Did I even like? Do I even like five superhero movies? No, like, that, see, thing. this is where like, taste I'm a big comes Dark into play. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I did watch like the Tobey Maguire Spider Man and was into it. But again, like if I watched it now, I'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. Um. I don't think I've watched five superhero movies. Impressive. Like I'm not. You I'm a comedy guy. Five in your whole life. I just. I don't. I don't like superheroes. Like they just. It's. It bores me. Well, it's, that's a fair criticism because a lot of them become like they win. Like the movie, you know how it's going to end. Right. You know, Batman, and, and, and I guess it, it's Joker a lot of that superhero of BS characters. that we're talking about. Where I just. I don't like. I don't think I've seen a whole lot of super Superman movies. I, I just don't. I'm not, I'm not a big comic book person. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Just never, never really cared for. It. I like sport movies. I like comedies, horror films. 
after I, you know, watched my very first one, and I admit this, I was like a freshman in high school when I finally watched a horror film. Scared the crap out of me. And what movie? It was Paranormal Activity. It was the first one I ever oh, watched. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I stayed away from horror films because I was a wuss. You know, like, I, I, I was a wuss. But this one, I'm like, I should watch this and be okay. I slept in my little brother's room for like three weeks straight <laughs> after that. Like, I'm not even going to lie. But once I got that good scare out of my way, and you're probably thinking, that movie's not even that scary. It's not. Just never watched one before. After I got that out of the way, I can watch just about anything, and, and it don't bother me no more. But I'm a big horror film now. And, and like I said, you know, any kind of sport movie. Or, What's your or favorite comedy, horror movie, then? Not... What's your favorite horror movie? Oh, God. Yeah, I love The Conjuring. Yeah, Conjuring is probably my favorite horror film. Conjuring is up there, and yeah. we have a horror month coming in October. Oh, oh cool! So, be, I'm yeah. telling you what, this this podcast is really cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's really really cool. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, but I don't think I can give you five superheroes. All movies. right, no worries. I don't. And this is where the pod helps in that, like, you maybe introduced to some movies you haven't seen while listening that may pique your interest right. and that's where you can follow us on letterboxd every movie that is mentioned we put into a letterboxd list throughout the pod so you can go and check our letterbox it's a list of all the movies that were mentioned in episode one or episode two and so on and so forth and oh this is that movie that stars andrew garfield or stars christian bale that we can check out or, or stars aaron eckhart the guy who plays two-face in the dark knight um so yeah i we have ways that give opinion we also have ways that are interactive and we also have like a hint of recommendation involved in the pod as well um do either of you have a nolan top five i don't think i can name five movies i know okay. a good a, many like like but i'm now i mean the batman's of course uh, he made inception right yes I, he I made inception. okay um i, I seen that. that thought it was so uh, i was confused was the whole damn time that was well yeah it was so con- intelligent level uh-huh. I was that yeah, was but, just way too above it. I was confused. Yeah, I but I didn't, it didn't make didn't any sense. It. So how <laughs> how were you supposed to get it? That's I where I, I land. That's where I landed on Inception. Is that every I've seen it probably close to twenty times, and every time I see it, my opinion changes. So like the, I'll see it, I'll rewatch it and say, oh, I got it. I, I now understand it. This movie's a masterpiece. Then the next time you watch it, nope, confused. This movie is weird. I don't understand it whatsoever. And then the next time, up, oh, I picked up on it. I got, I got what you did there, Crystal, mm-hmm. and this is great. And then so, like the cycle just repeats going forward. Um, but that's Nolan. He almost requires a rewatch because the puzzle that you're trying to solve throughout the movie is really your what your first watch is. Then the 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 mask is pulled off, and you realize it was whoever the whole time. And then the second time, you're picking up on the clues that he left you throughout the movie. Dunkirk, you didn't need to do that, though. I love what, that. that I, I you, didn't Dun- need to, you didn't need to rewatch. Six. Oh, no, you, you didn't need, need to, to rewatch oh, that. Re-watch, yeah. Oh, no, you, did, you didn't put Dunkirk on your top five, right? No. I, I, I thought you were mad at me for not no, putting no, it on No, 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 no. I wasn't saying that. No. <laughs> um, I like Dunkirk a lot. I do, too. I just, I've seen it, like, three times. And... Like the third time felt like homework because, as I said on the pod, I know they get off the beach. It's very well done filmmaking. It is probably the best thing that Nolan's done. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm much more. I care about plot a lot. I like 
saying, did you see that? Did you, did you see that story unfold? And yeah. the story of Normandy is historical. So we know how yeah. that story goes. So that's true. Yeah. I just, it was, God, it was just fun. It was cool to watch, I guess. It's just, it's so, not my favorite of his, but it was just cool to watch. It's not, I don't like it more than Dark Knight or Inception. Those okay. Are just more, those are I just, just better, looked up but, a lot of his movies because I know a lot of them and I really haven't seen a lot of these movies. Now I'm starting <laughs> to feel bad about myself. Like I, I thought I was somebody. No, now we've given you homework. We've now, given yeah, you homework like, now. now. I'm like, oh my God, like there's all these movies I don't even know about. I feel pretty bad about myself. If I'm, I, no. I usually say I know movies. I know like, you know, things like that because one of the big jokes at uh, the radio station I work at is I don't know music. Like people that oh. like, you don't know who this is, no. And then if they play something, I'll go, oh yeah, I've I, I heard of that, but I can't name musicians. I can't. I just cannot do it. And I always claim I'm a movie guy. This is making me say I don't even know anything about movies. <laughs> like this is making me feel yeah. really, really bad. I know way movies. more about TV than I do about movies. Well, but, obviously, yeah. couch critic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I like. I am. I am really interested in this. Like, I'm going to definitely check this out, like, as I'm doing my homework. I don't know if that's a good idea because then I may, may not get anything done. Nolan in particular. Well, okay, might get anything done. Nolan in particular, <laughs> you need to focus on the movies. Yeah. So, so I got to yeah. focus. So maybe yeah. this is going to be the drive time because I got about a 30, 35-minute drive to work every day. So I wouldn't I – wouldn't... I wouldn't watch a movie while you're driving. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I'm doing here. Well, I'm listen to this. a little bit of my cinephile history. Like, I didn't start getting into movies until around 2013. Um, I, I was going through a bit of a breakup, and one of the ways that I dealt with it was I went to the movies every day because it was like a two-hour respite from, like, what the real world was doing, you know? And so that's when I started to be like, oh, I escapism, look at this. And then I started to see myself on screen and relate to characters and understand the power of storytelling and what it can do and the healing powers that movies can have. And it led down a path of me wanting to understand the elements of filmmaking and how these movies are made. And obviously, like, it's nowhere near as extensive as like people that go to film school and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, it's a passion of mine for sure. And uh, I mean, I, I, it's almost an obsession to an extent. Like this weekend's my plan. Uh, my girlfriend is, is, has a brunch on Saturday, which then let me know I have some free time to go into New York City to do a double feature. And I would just sit in a movie theater with my phone off for six hours and watch two separate movies that are out this weekend. That no one will care about that will not make win awards probably nobody will see but i will be able to escape into this world for six hours and be fine and that's you know the people we have our passions we have our likes and this is one of mine for sure you know see and now one thing i'm getting excited about is you know you, you said you have a whole horror month oh yeah and, I, and i'm not gonna go like oh what are you guys gonna talk about type things uh-huh. but i mean this is this is the beauty of it i'm hearing the conversation and i start thinking I'm like, okay, what are they going to talk about? Like, because when it comes to horror, I'm not like a, like a zombie guy, you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a world war Z. That's not horror to me. That's just stupid. Like that, again, that's kind of like the approach I look at as the superhero. It's like, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. You know so what I mean? I'm I think there's, I think there's, there's two different kinds of horror fans. 
Okay. There's like the gore porn, which I don't look down yeah. on. I understand like there is a audience for that. Like the, like you said, the zombie kind, yeah. um, like the hostels, the saws, the like this is just. Hills of Eyes. Uh, there's, you know, yeah, the- like there's this messed up movie called Terrifier that came out a couple years ago that I'm very regretful that <laughs> I saw, but it was shot in Long Island. So I was like, oh, it's a it's a low budget horror movie. I'll check it out. And the horror nerd Facebook group I was in highly recommended it. I was not a fan, um, but like it's the slasher genre. It's the Friday the 13th. Yeah. It's the, the Freddy Kruegers. And it's a glorification of... Um, bringing that fear that's supposed to come from a horror movie. And it it is more about the, did you see that insane kill? Which I'm personally not that big a fan of. However, the other kind of horror movie fan I am, and it's like, it's the paranormal. The paranormal, it's the, yeah. The, the, the conjurings, the, the, the sight unseen. And I think a lot of it has to do, and this is like my general philosophy about horror movies, is that the actual thing you're afraid of in these movies is not what's on the poster. Like you're not afraid in the Blair Witch of a witch in the woods. You're afraid of getting lost in the woods. That's the actual fear. The conjuring, you're not actually afraid of these demonic forces that may be attacking you or this house. You're empathizing with these parents that have something wrong with their kids and they have no clue how to stop it or how to fix it, which is a general human reaction that a lot of us feel. And that's the type of horror movie I enjoy and I can relate to. It's why, like, Paranormal Activity, like, the something's wrong with the house trope got, and the found footage thing got done to death. But, like, that is a thing. And it's, I, I've, I've called it with my, in my personal circle, those types of movies are the something's wrong with the noun. So, like, uh, this movie called Hereditary, something's wrong with the daughter, something's wrong with the mom, something's wrong with the son, something's wrong with the house, something's wrong with the car, you know, so it's the, the Pennywise, something's wrong with the clown, you know, like if you're just going through that and you're still trying to solve what is wrong with it, the actual like unknown is what's fearful. And that I think is more where I lean in the horror genres. And again, I mean, just hearing just this little snippet of it and mm-hmm. some of the things right here, so many different side conversations and chip. I totally get what you I haven't even listened yet. And all I'm thinking <laughs> about is God, how do they go about this or that or this? So this is a, a really unique kind of twist on movies. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not just, all right, we're going to talk about a movie and give our thoughts on it. It, it. it has something, as you said, you kind of a measurable kind of approach to it in different categories there, which I think makes it, very very unique so folks you got to check this out i know i am i'm, I'm gonna listen to <laughs> this dark night episode tomorrow on my way to work uh for sure so check out final review don't put the word though in it there don't you go it. there you go, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you don't do it <laughs> but check out final review I, I i i like it i like it well thank I'm you i'm telling you thank you I, we you already we, got me hooked you already well, got me hooked and i haven't listened yet that's that's <laughs> incredible sales job by me apparently um look we there's a billion movie podcasts out there so when oz and i originally talked about linking up the idea of just doing a movie pod would have been fun but we wanted to do something a little more unique right. and when i tell you that i first reached out to him um in 
October of in September, excuse me, of 2020. Like we've been at this for a year trying to wow. figure out what would work. And we did a ton of research and a ton of demos um, to prepare for this. So it's, it's a well put, like, oh, listen, I'm, I'm obviously talking about the work I do. So it's going to sound a little conceited, but I'm actually very proud of the work that, that what we've created and the work that the way the show sounds and what, what, what we've done with this show. And I look, I highly recommend it uh, for anybody that's like a cinephile or anybody that just wants to hear about movies they may have slept on over the years. That I think is the beauty of this podcast is as you're listening, a lot of movies get added to your recommendations. And if you're looking for a movie to watch on a Friday night, go to our letterbox, then you'll see a list of like 40 or 50 movies and you'll see, Oh, that's the movie they recommended. We should check it out. So. Yeah, this is definitely something y'all need to check out. I just went really Southern there with y'all, which usually I don't like to say, but when I'm in school working with kids, that's what they respond to. If I hit them with a you all, they're looking at me weird. I'm in the South now, so I have to say y'all. I just caught myself. <laughs> I don't typically like to say that unless if I'm at work or around people, and I just, oh, I don't like it. I don't like that, that aspect of it, but I, it just slipped out. But you all have to check this one out because – I mean, like I said, I haven't even listened to an episode yet, and I'm already interested, and my brain's already working, thinking about different things. Definitely going to be checking out the horror, the, the episodes for that. I, I, I can't wait for that. I'm really excited when that comes out. So, and Chip, a- did I lose you already because of the Dark Knight slander? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not, not at all. I tweeted uh-huh. out I recommend the podcast. That's my favorite podcast. part about it is that – I, I'm curious how many people are going to hate listen going forward because I, of the the Dark Knight takes. I know? am fascinated to see what movies he what movies your uh, your co-host is Oz, right? Yes, Oz. sorry, Oz. What movies he likes going forward after <laughs> listening to that? So I can't yeah. wait to hear. You said he likes the movie that's out next week. Yes. So yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Uh, no, I was. It was. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I listened to the entire episode where one person had a totally negative opinion of yep. it. Yep. So, I mean, that's how good it was. I couldn't turn it off despite such a, a negative opinion of a movie that I love. One of my favorite movies ever. It's a great podcast. Everyone should listen to it. It's just, yeah, it's, I highly recommend it. And no. I'm not just saying that because of how highly I think of Andrew. It's a Aww. great podcast. You're saying it in spite of how highly you think. <laughs> in spite of how highly I think of Andrew. There you go. Thank you guys. I mean, this is this is much greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I I hope that going forward that there are movies that we both agree on. You know, there are even elements of the social network that um, Oz and I were uh, conflicting on. But again, that's the whole idea of the formula: is that people's pantheons are not supposed to be the same and that's okay when it comes to movies so absolutely yeah uh, but move on we'll change some topics here because we are getting very close to the start of the nfl season first game kicks off today cowboys buccaneers tom brady who cares just want him <laughs> to retire already and disappear him and his uggs just need to just right away in the sunset and never return. Uh, But it's the start of football season. I couldn't be more excited. Usually I'm really pumped up and excited. Uh, But as a Jet fan, that usually changes by week week one or week two. Then you're just looking for the season to be over. At least the last several years has been like that. Not going to lie to you guys. 
I have a little little bit of optimistic and hope. I'm liking what I see from Zach. Yeah, he changes <laughs> and he changes to a jet hat. I like it. Um, but I got a little hope that we might have drafted the right guy. I, I mean, maybe it's just because I, I, I just cannot live with another failed quarterback development. Huh. But I liked what I seen from Zach Wilson so far. You know, and it's not that I didn't like him coming into the draft. I was just a little sketched out about failing again. And so far, I know it's preseason. He didn't play up against starting defenses. But I liked what I seen. He's given me a little bit of hope. I'm ready for this season to begin. And all I can say is last year's Knicks season, I had zero expectations. I had 17 wins on my mind, okay? And it was one of the best seasons that I've seen in a while. I, I haven't had more fun watching Nick basketball since 2013, but I, would, I think I even enjoyed it even more, you know, because it was just completely unexpected. And maybe, maybe that magic can rub off on the Jets and we're looking at a winning season. I don't think so. Wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> But I have hope. What do you all think about football season uh, kicking off? And let's talk a little bit about the Jets and the, and the outlook for us. Chip, I'll start with you. Uh, what, what, do you what do you think this Jet team is going to be able to do this year? I can't believe we're hoping that the Knicks rub off on another team. Right? In a positive that sounds way. weird. Out <laughs> of the turntables, man. Gee, oh, my <laughs> God. Wow, crazy. I think we finally have a good coaching staff in place. Yes. That's just like – to compare it to the Knicks, people in place that we can trust yes. for the first time that I can remember in a yes. long, long time. As much as I really liked Rex Ryan, I, I was younger when he was the coach, and I was like, man, I like this guy. Looking back on it, it was like we were never going to get that far with him as the coach. His press conferences were great. Yeah. Like, I watched every one just yeah. because they were comical. And, and, I mean, I would sat through 30 minutes of it just to listen to him. Yeah, but that's what he was. He was – he was a hype man. He was like yeah. a, he wasn't a great coach, but he was a great defensive guy. But it feels like we finally have people in place now who can, who we should be able to trust. And I mean, obviously the key is Zach Wilson. Yeah. And is he the right guy? Did we, he it's preseason, but I liked what I saw. I, agree. I really did. And it bothered me when I saw it, like, it bothered me enough when I saw a tweet like, let's chill on preseason. People used to say that uh, uh, Mark Sanchez was poised in preseason. I think it was Trey Wingo who tweeted that, that Mark Sanchez was poised or something. And I was like, no one ever said that about Mark Sanchez. <laughs> like, I already have a higher opinion of Zach Wilson than I ever did of Mark Sanchez. Like, I never, I never trusted in Mark Sanchez, ever. I already have more faith in this kid now to do well i'm not saying he's going to be like a pro bowler but it's it sucks to say this because he's a rookie but a lot rides on him like yeah. so much rides on him because the receiving core is obviously not very strong they i like that they invested a lot in the offensive line i think That's that was huge yep. huge but yeah i i mean it it kind of begins and ends with him despite all that so we'll see i mean they're over under six and a half and I would put money on the over just for the hell of it because weird, weird stuff happens. It's the NFL. Remember that year the Jaguars almost went to the Super Bowl? <laughs> like, it's the NFL's. It's weird. I, I don't know. We don't know how good the coaching staff is going to be. We don't know how good Salah is going to be. He, maybe he's a, another Sean McVay. I, I have no idea. But I, I'd put money on the over. Okay. 
Um, so I'd like to plug a friend of the pod, uh, Alex Trateros oh, and John absolutely. Malika. Um, they had me on uh, last night or the night before. I forget which night, but um, we went through the entire. I went on on Knicks, Jets, etc., and did a Jets episode with them, and we went through the entire Jets schedule. Um, I see six wins this year, but it's not. It's not a knock on Wilson. I, I am just as excited about Zach Wilson. It's literally just a, hey, the roster around him may not be ready to win more right. than six games, which is frustrating because I think they're going to get a not Adam Gase boost on this team. Like the fact that Gase is gone is good for two or three wins. And if, damn it, if Carl Lawson was healthy. Yes. I would have, I'd be so much higher on this season. I'd, I'd be closer to eight or nine or 10 wins if that were real. But I just, he, it's a game changer. It's like last year with the 49ers losing Joey Bosa that early in the season changed everything for that team. And it's why they went seven and nine last year. So I'm a little more skeptical, especially in a division where I think there's three potential playoff teams that they have. Um, I do think they're finally going to beat the Eagles. I think this will be the year that the Jets have never, they're 0-9 yep. in their history against the Eagles. Any Jet fan knows that. Yep. And this will be the year that they finally beat the Eagles. Having said that, it's going to be one of their, their six wins. They have a, a bit more of a difficult schedule. Um, like they, they play Brady's division. So obviously they play Darnold. They play the Saints. Uh, they play the Falcons, who a lot of people are projecting to be better than, than they were last year. Uh, I will say I, I am to bring it to the Knicks. I'm a little more confident in this coaching staff, similar to how I was with the Knicks, with the hiring of Tibbs and the mm-hmm. army of assistant coaches that they put together, and the competence at the top. I think we'll finally get to show with Joe Douglas now having a couple drafts under his belt, where he's in charge of the depth pieces on this roster. Um, to get more, like Jeremy actually texted me today. Will the Jets win more than six games? And I knew it's because the Jets over six and a half. Yeah. And I was like, I don't see them winning more than six. No. And he was like, they could win six, right? And I was like, yes, but the over is not a good bet. I, it, I think the number actually became six for him. Whatever book he was looking at, the number was six. So he was wondering, like, is the over or under a good bet? And it's like, I think they're going to win six games this year. So the safer bet to me would be the under. And it's because if the quarterback goes down, this is a, a lost season, um, which is like, I mean, that happens in the NFL. However, I, what's gotten me excited, excited about Zach Wilson, it's partially the preseason. It's partially the preseason, the, the, the draft combine, the videos from BIWBIU, they look. The big thing. Chris Sims, Tony Romo, all of these talking heads that I, I may be falling for it, but the Patrick Mahomes comparisons that have been thrown around, I like, even if he just falls short and is Brett Favre, like fine. Like I just like, these are the talent evaluators that are usually right. The number one quarterback on Chris right. Sims' draft board two years ago, Lamar Jackson, yes. already won an MVP. Yeah. The yep. number one quarterback on his draft board last year, Justin Herbert. We mm-hmm. saw who that, what that went. The number one quarterback on his draft board this year, Zach Wilson, ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I trust Chris Sims with his evaluation because he's largely yep. got it That's right. A great point. And if great he's point. right about my quarterback, 
then the sky is the limit. Then, yeah, if the quarterback with a, a roster that's probably meant to be 6-11 and 11 goes 10-7 and seven this year, like, all bets are off next year when they now have a chance to go put some talent around this quarterback and potentially make a create a legitimate run. Maybe he's like Russell Wilson, and we're going to be good for the next 10 years. You know, and it's kind of funny that you both said it because last Saturday we did our NFL prediction, mm-hmm. uh, you know, division winners, Super Bowl, all that, all that crap. And it's funny because anytime you – like when I mention something about the Jets positive – People like hear that and they text me or they'll call in and laugh or something. They think what I'm saying means that we're going to be a Super Bowl team this year. They don't, they don't quite hear everything else that's being said mm-hmm. because those were the exact words that I said was for the first time in a long time, I feel like this organization has done the right things with the coaching staff. I think Joe Douglas is the right guy to run the team. He's slowly kind of getting to put his kind of plan into place and how he wants to do something. Uh, and I have confidence with this team. That does not mean we're Super Bowl bound this year. Like, I, just, I, I have to tell people this. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they're heading in the right direction. I think what? they're finally doing things that are smart. And, and I love Sal. I think he's, he's the right kind of – the energy, you know, the competition, you know, like I just, I think he's a great fit. Very excited that he's our head coach. Um, and, you know, I look at Zach Wilson as, as we talked about, what's he going to be this year? I'm kind of hoping just to see a rookie season like Justin Herbert had last year, right? He won four or five games. That's it. They were mm-hmm. five and 11 or something like that. And yet his numbers were off the chart. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and just like was airing it out, you know, and I know he's got some good receivers. He's got a good running back with Eckler. He's got some Oh, no, there. Justin Herbert's the real deal. But yeah. that's what – yeah, that's the thing. It's like – it's – what I mean is it might be better better skill position, uh, you know, skill position players, but that kid can freaking ball. And it's, it's – that's what I kind of – I live with that. We win four, five, six games, but Zach Wilson puts up those kind of numbers – then you go, we got something here, and we can move on and continue to build from that. That's what I'm hoping to see out of him, and I think he can. I think, I think he can. You know, when training camp started and you heard all these things about, God, he's throwing picks left and right, and then he came out in the press conference and he was like, you know, I'm doing things to see what I can get away with, and, you know, I'm not going to do that stuff in a game. I just want to see what my limits are. I'm not going to lie to you. I went, oh, God. Oh God, this guy is like he's, he's really full of himself. Like, he's, oh wow, okay. like who are you fooling? Like, this I was happy when I said that. Right, I was happy when he said that. I was I the exact I thought opposite, he was trying dude. to BS me, and I'm like, this guy is going to be uh, like doing idiotic things that are going to cause practice. Me to break my TV. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to do idiotic things yeah, in practice, but I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. I was okay. first off, you're throwing <laughs> picks of the Jet secondary. You're scaring me. Fair. That secondary is terrible. That's fair. Okay. That, that secondary is terrible. It's still but, practice. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, not but a game. He came out practice. into the game <laughs> and he's doing some of these things and I'm seeing his decision making. I went, okay, I buy in. I, I'll shut up now. Like I'm a little less scared. Like I, 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 I just hope to see kind of that Justin Herbert kind of season for him, even if it's a little bit worse, just something that you can go, you know what? We weren't that great that this year, but he was pretty damn good and we got something to build on. I'm very excited about Elijah Moore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that we would see him in the preseason, but I think he's going to be a weapon for the Jets moving forward. Something else that I said here that people overreacted, like I said, he's going to be a freaking pro baller his rookie year. Like, it, it's, it's what I got to deal with, guys. It's, it's, it's what I deal with. Um, but all I said was I'm excited about him. Like, one year, I said – a couple of years back, I said – it was right after they went, like, seven and nine with uh, Gase's, like, first year. His first year, yeah. That team sucked, and they won seven games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I okay. said the next season – they could possibly – they have 10 winnable games. Somehow that translated to me to, – to listeners saying they're going to win 10 games. I didn't say that. I said they have 10 winnable games, which means you still might lose those games, but they're going to be in it. Some of them might turn – you can go 1-9 and nine in those. You can go 9-1. and one, You can go 10-0. and 0, You can go 0-10. Oh that does not mean wins. I, I just – this is what I deal with down here. Mm-hmm. It's what I deal with. You know, people and like to give me a hard time. But. Little did you know that in that season of 10 winnable games, there wouldn't be 10, like, watchable games, let alone <laughs> winnable games <laughs> on the Jets' schedule. That's a very, that's a very Francesa thing to say, Matt. They got, uh, 10, they got 10 winnable games uh, on their schedule and to just abandon hey, a prediction. That roster yeah. was a lot better <laughs> than what they had all the year before. It just didn't work out. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a horrible – horrible display of football which i am hoping to god week one isn't a horrible display of football because oh, I got yeah. tickets. i had to spend over a hundred hours to sit up in the nosebleed section. are you going to care i'll try you down there so you're I'm, going yes, to carolina I'm, it's about wow. an hour and a half away from me right. so you're going I, to charlotte I'm going there we got about 11 family members and we're living dangerously because we're sitting on the panthers sideline have you been to charlotte uh, to the what's it m&t bank, bank uh, arena what's bank it called of america again? yeah the bank, bank of that's right bank of america yeah have you been and there i before? have for a preseason game i got free tickets somebody's like you want to go i think they played like the bears and i mean charlotte's i was telling you chip this a couple weeks ago charlotte for anything is a really good place to watch a game like the knicks when they come and they play mm-hmm. at the spectrum arena you yeah. can park across the street for ten bucks. I mean, literally across the street for ten dollars. It's very not New York. Yeah, I, I've I mean, I've been to. It used to be Time Warner. It's not Time. Yeah, Warner. yeah, Time Warner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it used to be the Time Warner Arena. And yep. when I lived in Virginia, I would go down to right there to see the Knicks play every all six years that I lived in Virginia. I went down. I think. Four, yes, because here's the legend. I went down four different times to see the Knicks play the, the Bobcats and then the Hornets. Yep. And all four times, Melo played exactly one minute yep. in all total. So there was this game where he I'm got right hurt a minute you. in. And then the next time, they had already clinched the division in the 2013 season. They had already clinched the two seed. So him, Amari, Tyson, all of them sat. And I was like, why did I drive three hours to Charlotte to watch the B team play? And then the last two times I went, he was hurt the first time. And then the last time was during the, the Porzingis year where they were tanking. And they were like 5-37 and 37 when I showed up. And I was like, I'm making a day out of this. I'm not going to a Knicks game to watch nobody I care about play. We went and saw American Sniper at that movie theater in Charlotte yep. in the morning. And then I went to the game at night. It was What's Kemba crazy Walker. Is we went to the same game. Kemba. So we were at the same game. Yes, so that was Kemba Walker bobblehead yes. night. Ironically, yes. now yeah, 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 yeah. I still and I have this it. Hornets bobblehead yes. in my room. Yes, <laughs> you know? at this, that is so crazy. It's that's that's a small world, right there. That is there insane. you go. 
But, yeah, I would go there, you know, watch the games. The last one I went to, I, I was right behind the Knicks bench on the lower level for like 80 bucks. Mm. You know, right there by the tunnel where they come into. So I, I talked to Walt Clyde Frazier for a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, Tosh Gibson. It was it was pretty cool. Uh, they haven't won a game that I've been to, and and it, <laughs> I've been to only one game at the Garden. I only went one time. Oh wow! Um, at the Garden, it was against the Bobcats. We lost by twenty. Um, and so I I never won a game. There was one time I had tickets, and. Down here, when we get snow, we don't really get snow. We get ice. And when we get ice, it shuts down the state for like a month. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's bad. So, a dusting of snow will, will close schools down all over the state. Um, but the ice is pretty bad. And we did get a bad uh, ice storm, I call it. And right where we were, we couldn't make it out to Charlotte. So, I ended up losing money. Uh, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, if they win this freaking game, I swear to God, I'm going to be so mad that I finally would have had tickets to a game they won. They didn't win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my heart ripped out by Kimba. Uh, the Knicks were down 20 one night, and they came all the way back, took a one-point lead with like four seconds left. And uh, Kimba blew right past Prigioni. I mean, just a be. He didn't even have like one of his killer crossovers. It was literally like a slow motion crossover, and Prigioni just got burnt. And there's nobody at the rim, and he lays it in at the buzzer. And I just wanted to cry. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, you know, I was walking out of the arena. Somebody that I went to college with was screaming my name, and like Matt, Matt. And I'm just looking like, who's calling me? And he, I don't even know who this kid is. And the only reason why I know we went to college together is because he told me and we had class together. And he's like, you remember me? I said, dude, I just lost at the buzzer. I don't care who the hell you are. I'm going home. I got an hour and a half to sit in my sorrow and replay this over and over again. But Charlotte's not a bad place to go watch a game. That's all I'm saying. It's, 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 uh, tickets are not very cheap. You know, parking's reasonable. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. This would be the first actual game, not a preseason game. Hard to find tickets because it's the opening week. Um, and we got so many family members here now. So everybody wanted to go, which makes it even harder to find tickets to mm-hmm. fit us all in. Chip, so you been to Charlotte? Never been there. Never. Okay. I, no, not. You're in Jersey, right? Yeah, in Jersey. Think Newark, Newark but with a football stadium in the middle of it. Oh, so really? like the Red Bull Stadium, but like it's mm-hmm. the NFL, you know? Oh, Red Bull Stadium is super nice. Yeah. Yeah. So like, think like the uh, Newark. It's really small. If you go like five miles any direction, it's just the the views of North Carolina. Um, I guess technically even South Carolina because the border's right there. My roommate in college lived in Belmont, which is two minutes from Charlotte. So. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, Chip. If you ever come down here, you you stay with me. Okay. <laughs> we'll go to a Nick game down in Charlotte. It's only an hour. There you and a half go. Drive. Kemba Walker you know, homecoming. Kemba. There we go. I'm just saying. Yeah. You want it? You want to take a trip? Get out somewhere. Go somewhere you never been. We got. We we can do that. We can go. I I've never been down to Atlanta for a game, and I'm thinking of going to Atlanta. Well, now uh, you have year. to. There's a rivalry. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to. I already have the date scheduled. The only question is if I'm on a call for a basketball game. For mm. ESPN Plus, and obviously I won't be able to. So I'm hoping there is an off week, which is not typically the case <laughs> from January to March. But you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully I can get to it. Or if it's an early game, like a noon start, which never happens either. They always start the games either at two or four. 
I can make it down there and watch a game. But um, with that being said, I do think, you know, that, that should do it. I know we had some things that we can – we'll probably hold off until another podcast. But I like to always ask before we wrap it up, uh, the last call part of the show here, did we cover everything that we wanted to? Any of the topics we discussed today? Anybody want to add anything to it? Now is your time to get that out. And I think start. I I'll start. I mean, you yeah. guys spent most of the show promoting my my new podcast, so that's why that's literally like what I is dominating my life right now. Um, I will spend a little bit of time promoting Oz. He has a movie website called The Invention of Dreams that is in its soft launch right now. That is where you could find his regular film reviews. He's covering the Telluride Film Festival right now um, remotely, which is might be the way we cover movie festivals going forward. Um, so you can check out all of his stuff there, theinventionofdreams.com. He will be on the Knicks Film School podcast tomorrow with uh, John Macri. And, and we, I mean, for those who don't know, um, who those who don't know John Macri, he's the host of the Next One School podcast. Uh, he is also uh, Oz's law school buddy, which is how I met Oz is through okay. John. And uh, yeah, that should be interesting to see them. And here's something I'll, I'll even plug even more about the Next Film School podcast um, with specifically this one. I've never heard John disagree with Oz, and I'm gonna as the producer wow. of this episode, tr- like ask that question: Have you ever? And try and find a wedge between them because then Oz gets to be my friend going forward <laughs> um, and we we do have a Patreon which we just did and maybe this is something you guys can look into for some some content you want to fill um, we're going through the last couple decades of the NBA on our Patreon and we're drafting all decade teams so the most recent one we did uh, dropped today the previews available on our podcast feed uh, John Chris Persianen and myself, we went through the decade and drafted three separate 10 man teams from 2010 to 2019. So from Kobe's last ring to Kawhi's second ring. Um, So this is pre Durant and Kyrie going to Brooklyn. This is like just right before the decision. And we took turns uh, drafting 10 man teams. Uh, It's a fun episode. Uh, You guys should consider um, potentially drafting your own all decade teams if you're interested and you can hear our teams over at nixfilmschool.com uh excuse me the patreon.com backslash nixfilmschool uh that's really all i got to plug enjoy final review i promise that the takes a while hot are enjoyable to listen to and uh yeah tune in uh next time to to our next episode, which is obviously every Thursday, every Thursday, okay. every Thursday. And uh, guys, as, as always, thank you for having me on. This is a lot of fun. And I, I hesitate to do this because they've let me down a lot in the past, but J E T S jets, jets, jets. All right. Well, I think that's the best way to end the, the podcast. So let's go ahead. We'll wrap it up and we'll be back with another episode of the next state of mind podcast. Real soon. Boom. Boom.